Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. We're just here walking around. We're going to go to a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck. I just shot a freaking big buck. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Ooh. Look at the size of that deer. It's ready as you ever be. All right, this is going to be episode four, and I have my good friend, Colt Start, with us. Colt, when did, how did we become friends, I guess? Oh, we met through your wife, Ashley, who I went to nursing school with her. Yeah, that's right. That was the BSM program, right? Yeah. You guys went to? Ferris. Yeah. So she was, oh yeah. I remember she was like, dude, I have this kid, Cole, who is, because you're younger. How old are you? 25. 25. So yeah, we're 32. Or actually, I'm 33 now. But she was like, this kid, Cole, is crazy. He's just like how we were. You know, he loves to hunt and fish. We need to hang out. And I was like, all right, I'm game. So I remember we kind of hung out a couple times, and yeah, you're in, you've lived in the outdoors pretty much your whole life. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in northern Lower Peninsula, Michigan, up by Baldwin area, and out our back door we could hunt and fish. I grew up on a private fishing lake, so mm-hmm. we spent our times in the woods or on the lake. Yeah, you were my kind of people. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> drove a beater truck. I mean, maybe not a beater, but you had your your Dodge truck all clapped out. Oh and no, that was a beater. Beater. <laughs> yeah, you were not. Uh, so I went also to the, you know, the nursing program when I was 25, you right. know, you start, you were obviously a lot younger, but I, I remember when I was up there at Ferris and Ferris is a decent college. It's, you know, got a lot of, you know, rural aspects to it, but I definitely was in the minority from like being a diehard hunter in the nursing program, at least. Oh, for sure. And that's Unlike, made obvious on day one when they say, if you hunt, go to this side. If you're anti-guns, go to that side. Yep. And then there's Colt. Yep. <laughs> and my wife. Yep. Hi. Yep. Just you two. But yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, one of the reasons why I didn't finish the nursing program was because I just love being outside a lot and yeah. you, you powered through and did it and you've had a pretty good life because of that, you know, in different ways. Oh yeah. But yeah. So now you've been a nurse for how long you got, you've been a nurse for right? four years or so, four years. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, most recently what you, you started doing the traveling thing. Yeah. We jumped into travel nursing. We were in, uh, Washington state for the past five months out there and yeah. worked out there for five months and now we're home and have some time off. Yeah. And you've been doing the whole camper life. Yep. I don't know. That camper's pretty nice, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a small house. <laughs> yes. It's sweet. So yeah, your wife was also a nurse. I guess we could say that too. So yeah, she does burn in ortho trauma. Yep. So it was very easy to be, be friends and stick our, keep our friendship together because my wife is in the healthcare field and you guys and me and you can chill and hang out and talk about hunting and fishing and all this other stuff while the wives can talk about the day at work and and they both liked outdoors too it's just one oh, of those yeah. things 
but yeah, so I wanted just to have you on to, I mean, you've been a, you've fished a lot. Yeah. Like you've grown up, like you said, you had a private lake you grew up on. Yep. And we lived right down the road from the Pier Marquette River and I worked at the canoe rental there at managing it. So I got to know all of the um, river fishing guides because we did their car spots. Okay. So when they had open slots, I did call me and I'd just hop in the boat with nice. them and we'd float the river. When did you start doing that? Uh, that was my freshman year of college. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I did it all the way through college. And you were the manager of that. Yep, by the time I left, yeah. So, you got any crazy, what's like a crazy story that pops in your head of the canoe rental? or Was it canoes or tubes or both? We or did what everything. Did you, okay. Canoes, kayaks, tubes, rafts. Nice. We would put over a thousand watercraft on the river every single day. Nice, that's a lot. Yeah, so, was, you have a story that sticks out to you? I mean, there's all kinds of stories, it's a matter of the appropriateness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can keep it PG 13, I uh, guess we had, I'll make sure uh, Henry doesn't listen to this part if it gets bad, but no, <laughs> no, we had a one that sticks out to me. I had a bachelorette party that we put on the river and of course you put them on the river and they had all their sexual blow up toys and oh, stuff yeah. on the river with them and we'll send them off on their way. Don't think anything of it. When I picked them up at the end, they were so trashed <laughs> that they took, they took, they came in three hours after the deadline for them to be off the river oh because and like we ended up sending people down the river to, go to find try them? to find them to bring them down the rest <laughs> of the river. Oh, and journey. they finally come down. I'm sitting there in the bus waiting for them. And the first few come stumbling up and there's like 30 of them. So they mm-hmm. came in over the period of like an hour kind of a thing. And the last person who was the person getting married came down and like sat behind the bus. And I'm like, what's she doing? So I walk back there and all of a sudden her feet are up in the air. She <laughs> upside down. She lost her balance and flipped down the hill. Oh my god! I'm like, what in the world? So I grab her, throw her in the bus. And then she there the last bus load. So the truck's following us out with all their watercraft. Yep. Next thing you know, the truck gets on the radio and they're like, Colt, you need to pull over. And I'm like, why? They were had flipped open the back door and they oh were flashing him and twerking gosh. out the back door of the bus. She's getting wild. <laughs> and you're like, in, you're in college, so you're like, these people are crazy. And you're like, yep, that's good stuff. Like typical day of life, right there. <laughs> yep, that's river. Yeah, I mean, I I did. Uh, I'm trying to think where we kayaked. I, I want to say the Platte River, maybe. I don't know if they had something like that closer to, like, uh, Traverse City, maybe somewhere up there. I think that's I've right. I've done that, and, like, otherwise, just, you know, I've never done the whole tubing thing, but you know, everyone knows stories. So that's why I couldn't imagine what you've seen, because I've heard stories of kids in high school and oh, yeah. early 20s going tubing down the river, and it gets pretty crazy. So you've and seen it all, I'm the sure. The problem with ours, since we did the rafts, too, we had the six-person rafts, so mm. they would load six people and then a full-size cooler in the middle of it. <laughs> and with those, they didn't have to paddle, really. They just bounced off stuff going down the river. Yep, so by the time they got time. to the end, they would be obliterated every no, single yeah, time. No, they didn't have to worry. No responsibility when you're on the water, right? right. Okay, so the times I did kayak, the whole time I was kayaking, I was like, gosh, I should have brought my fishing pole. Oh, so, yeah. like, how often were you able to do that? Like, would you, when you worked at that job, would you fish, like, a lot while you're doing the job? Or how how'd you fit in, I guess? Because, like, I'm assuming when you were busy working with college, that's when you should be fishing. So, like, right. how did you make time for that in college? So- at work, a lot of the times I'd actually put a pole in the bus with me and either take it down while I'm waiting for customers and fish that way, or otherwise, when we would lose watercraft, I'd get sent down in a different watercraft to dive into the river and try to pull mm. out the one that was sunk. And gotcha. I'd bring my pole with me and float the river and fish the entire time. All the way down to yeah. it. Nice. So, like, what kind of stuff? Like, I'm not well versed in river fishing by any means. Like, I grew up, um, not a private lake, but I grew up right down the road from a um, smaller lake and 
you know, knew all the neighbors and they gave me permission just to dock fish essentially. Yeah. So, so I grew up doing that. So like river wasn't really my thing. My cousin, he lived on the, the grand river. So like the only fishing I had on river was a big river. Yeah. And we just whipped out there a weight with a night crawler on it and whatever bit you were just happy. So like, I know I caught carp, I caught, you know, catfish, sheephead, that oh, yeah. kind of thing. But, like, I'm assuming up there by the Pier Marquette, a little different. So, like, what kind of stuff were you targeting? So, there, depending on the time of year, a lot of the times you're going after, like, rainbow brown trouts type thing. Um, but there's salmon run there, so you get the salmon run, and then obviously steelhead, too. So, okay. there's a lot of different variety you can find there. So, what's your favorite? Like, if I was it, like, okay, you get one week to fish the Pier Marquette, what are you, what are you going for and when are you doing it? I'd probably go after steelhead. Um, there's a pretty specific season for them, but it's, I love salmon fishing, but up there, especially they're so thick. You can pretty much pull one out anywhere you want. I mean, it's not really a challenge up there and they're not usually actually hooking them. They're low key snagging. Gotcha. They're dragging the bottom. Yeah. And- Cause so I, I guess I, the experience I do have with the Pier Marquette, we did a little job, like I'm in construction. So we did this little thing. Um, and it was on the section of the Pier Marquette where, uh, you could only fly fish and it was catch and release only. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know this. I didn't know, but I remember I'd get there early in the morning, like right at daybreak. And I could not believe how many salmon I could see. Yep. And it was shallow. And I was like, like you said, you could walk. I felt like I could walk across there and all those salmon. I was like, cause I have no experience with salmon fish. I mean, I fished the, a dam one time when I was little and I've yeah. charter fished on Lake Michigan, but I had never, and I saw that and I was like, no way and then you see all these drift boats so like i'm sure that's what you mean by chartering you do the drift boats and they all all day i did the i think we were there for like a week or maybe two weeks in this job and uh they would all hit the same spots and they'd have their clients and they'd catch fish in the same area and i remember being like how are they not catching more because i would see so many of them and i guess i so like i've heard things like it's it's they don't always bite i guess like to me see a bass or see a bluegill as a kid on the lake it's like cast over there they're going after it like you're catching bluegills on beds or whatever so like that to me there's like an art i would assume to how you present stuff maybe or what is the it's how does that work it's hard to get the salmon to bite in the river because they're headed up river they have one thing on their mind okay i mean they they aren't really looking for food that much. If you're lucky, you can get one to bite it. I'm trying to remember the fancy term they use, but it's basically it's a version of snagging. It's, it's illegal to officially snag them, yes. but it is a hook with a weight on it dragging the bottom. So you kind of drift it by yeah. them, I'm assuming, yeah. for that. okay. And then you accidentally. So it's more of like a, a reaction that they're doing. Exactly. Gotcha. So they're you, reacting to it. Yeah, they're not actually so trying that, to bite it. So steelhead, I'm assuming, because you picked that, they're a little different? Yeah, they'll, they'll actually bite. Um, okay. And you can fish those with a lot of different things. You can fly fish them, anything you want. Um, especially we did a lot of like green cottage area down to like Gleason's or Bowman's, which that's all fly fishing only. Gotcha. So we, that's the main segment. A lot of the guides choose. Okay. Um, they'll either launch at 30 M 37 or green's cottage and then float to Gleason's or Bowman's. Gotcha. And like, a lot of the time during like especially salmon season it's ridiculously busy yes. with, like car spotting we'd move 75 vehicles in a day wow doing all that yeah so that's why i also it's don't a like busy salmon. area yeah true it's a busy area so yeah you growing up in that area yeah you probably were like piss on the salmon stuff this is terrible like i'm used to having my you know freedom and doing that but yeah because i was working there in that area i couldn't believe how busy that area was like i mean there's vehicles everywhere every place had people and they're all coming from i mean it was it, 
to me, it was like, why are there so many out-of-state license plates here? But people come from all over, I'm assuming, to fish that area. So that area also, we have Big Star Lake out there, oh, okay. which we, is a very high-end lake. Gotcha. So we get a lot of out-of-town That's people okay. from there. So that makes sense, too. Yeah. So it's just like a really cool area of the state. Oh, yeah. And like something I didn't really know, because like when I go north, you know, I'm just north of Grand Rapids, but like I primarily follow 131 north, and like right. that's been my area. Like I haven't really experienced much that way other than like, you know, driving up to Traverse City area for a little vacation or, you know, doing that kind of thing. So, like, when I was met you, you talked about all this, like, opportunity to hunt and fish. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that area is, like, sand and pine trees. Kind of like, that's kind of how I looked at it. And, yeah, growing, you know, hearing stories about how you did that, I was like, oh, this is a really cool area. And then getting to work up there is really cool. So, when you, another question, like, when you're, because my wife really wants to do like a drift river fish, like yeah. she's been kind of saying, "Hey," and I know we've talked about it. Like she'd like yeah. to try to do that. Um, but for example, we did a charter fish on Lake Michigan. Great dude, it was a fun time. Like your great experience. We caught a bunch of fish. I got super seasick. I mean, I puked my brains out. It was one of those things where like waves were coming both ways. You know, so we're getting a storm had came through. So like we had waves mixing. I don't know, choppy or whatever you call it, but. I yeah. puked for six hours straight. I mean, I puked so much. I, dude, I couldn't even talk the next day. It was rough. I mean, I was just chumming in the back of the boat. And it was like, all right, fish on. And then I would get told, switch sides. So I'd have to go puke off the one side while they were reeling them. But, you know, it was a great great experience. Caught some big fish. Like, it was a really good day. Uh, not so great for me, but I powered through. But my wife didn't really like that very much because, you know, she's like, they just hand you the pole and you reel yeah. it in. And she was like, I want to do more. And so I was like, well, and she really was, she like really liked the the salmon fishing in the boat and stuff. But she's like, and then she's in school with you for two years. Right. And all you talk about is how awesome this river stuff is. So like if you were to get like a charter or do something like that, do you have a little bit more freedom, I guess, to like cast and do that kind of so, stuff? So yeah, you, you have a lot more independence there. They, I mean, they... Obviously, if you don't know anything about fly fishing, they're going to walk you through, teach you how to cast kind of a thing. But once they teach you, you're pretty much on your own. You're fishing. Um, they'll tell you where to cast kind of a thing. If yep. you know they know where the fish are, they are there all the time. You know, Like yeah. you said, they float the same river pretty much every single every day of their day. life. Yep. So, I mean, they know where the fish are, and they tell you where to fish. But other than that, you're on your own. And yeah, they'll so help you net them and stuff like that. Or if you have one that you can't get to the boat, they'll jump in the river and net it yeah. for you. But Yeah, and I noticed that. That was crazy. Them guys would jump in there. And this fish is on, you know, they're fighting them for quite a while because, yep. I mean, they're kind of big. And he, they would jump in there and, like, direct traffic and be able to sometimes scoop them out of there. I'm like, how did he do that? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because a lot of the times, I mean, they'll pull 35-pound salmon out of that river yeah. with a fly rod. Which fly is, rods aren't really meant for that kind no, of a fish. No. So you'll be fighting it for a long time. And by yep. the time you get it within 20 yards of the boat, you're exhausted. Yep. So that's when they'll jump in okay. and net it out of the river for you. Nice. So... So I grew up fly fishing for bluegills. Like that was my thing on the docks as a kid. I would bring a bucket out there and fill it water, and I would always, you know, try to fill it with, you know, hand-sized bluegill. And so, like, I learned how to cast or fly fish that way. But I don't know how you do that in a narrow river like that because, like, it's a different technique they use. I don't really know the correct technique. I mean, I learned this when I was, like, 10, 11, 12, and I haven't yeah. done it much since. But, uh, yeah, it's different. Like, there, it's not the easiest – area to do it so i'm sure the guide really helps with like okay this is where you need to kind of be and yeah they help you with the adjustment and getting down the casting a lot because like you said i mean the pure marquette it's a roller known fishing river but it's not that wide yes i mean 
you're also usually not trying to cast nearly as far as you probably would on True. the lake. You know, you're more controlled casting because you're trying to cast into the different fishing holes and stuff mm-hmm. on the bank, um, trying to get under the log, stuff like that. That's where, I mean, salmon, obviously, they fill the entire river. But mm-hmm. when it comes to trout and stuff like that, they're a little more picky. So there's specific holes and stuff you cast at. Okay, gotcha. Now, have you done much fishing, like, on the bigger river? Like, the grand the grand and stuff like that so actually yeah my brother has a bass boat okay and we usually every couple of weeks when i'm home put into the grand and we do a lot of bass fishing out of there nice and what's a lot of people don't know there's a lot of big bass in that river really um we fold six seven pounders out of it i mean nothing giant so but... how in the world do you go about that like what like so like my bass fishing experiences go to a little lake i know throw a weedless you know sanko out there or something and it kind of just rocket like that's my thing in the top water but typically if i'm gonna catch a bass i throw a you know a sanko out there like a uh, um, crawfish and just kind of jig it yeah i've never been on like a really nice boat just a rowboat with like a trolling motor so like how do you do it in the river like obviously it's different because it's moving water yeah and with the grand it's flooded all the time Mm -hmm. so uh, the nice thing about that is when it's flooded and a lot of people don't think about it but that bank where it's flooded up into the trees (laughs) the fish love it it's all cover for them so we'll sit there and we'll flip cross. So we'll underarm cast them and okay. flip the cross right up underneath the trees, 20, 30 yards up onto the bank and pull it right through the it bank through that. and we'll pull the big ones right off the so bank. So the bass like to probably sit back there because the water's mm-hmm. not flowing as much. And it's in the shade. I mean, it's oh, a little yeah, cooler true. for them. So. so it's like the lily pads of the river. Exactly. Yep. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, I've bow fished, you know, the Grand River. Oh, done yeah. A little bit of that. Not much. Actually, I think I only did it one time and uh, went with a buddy and that. Uh, one of my coworkers, he had a boat, and it was it was rough because there was so much bugs, but it was fun. We went out, and we did, like what you said, there was, like, a flooded spot. I want to say it was, like, we kind of, like, this little inlet or something, and we went up in there. And we're like, oh, there's got to be stuff in here, didn't it? And um, as we, like, left that, I was scared. I, a fish was so big, it scared me. I was like, what the heck was that? And I did not know. And my buddy was giving me crap. Why did you shoot it? I was like, dude, it was so big. I didn't know to shoot it. And come to find out, I'm pretty sure it was a sturgeon. So, yeah, like, which is really cool that the Grand River has that. Dude, it was, like, I've shot at lots of fish, and I've bow fished before. Like, you know, you shoot little carp and, like, that kind of stuff. But seeing that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so freaked out by it. I was so eerie. So, yeah, the Grand River kind of freaks me out because it's dirty. I grew up on, like, a clean lakes and all that stuff. So, I was like, you know what? That's not for me. But you yeah, got I'm my not interest. swimming in it. Yeah, not swimming in there, no. But be able to catch some big bass, though, that's a lot, yeah. probably a lot of fun. And it's easy to go and do that, too. Exactly. So. It's right down the road from us. So, nice. it's a nice, easy launch. And you can go out for the day and drink yeah. some beer and fish. Go have a good time. But, yeah. so, what, um, like, for you to go fishing... Like, what do you think is, like, the draw that you've always just liked fishing so much? Because you haven't really stopped fishing. Like, you, if anything, you probably got more into it the older you got, you think? Yeah, I've always fished. I mean, but especially since I graduated, I got really into it. You know, have some more time, free time on my hands Mm -hmm. and bought all new rods, all new gear, threw out my old tackle box and everything and just started from fresh. And, you know, it's, for me, it's just get away. You know, it's a peace and quiet. You know, being Mm -hmm. a nurse, we deal with the chaotic bs every day at work mm-hmm. and you know it's nice to just be able to get out there and not have people bother you and get out there with a friend or you know your brother or whatever mm-hmm. and just have some peace of mind and be able to think clearly for a while so do you have like um it's like when we deer hunt you know like you get like to the point where like dude i gotta shoot the big buck or i gotta get a deer or i gotta like my season's like dedicated to like 
I want to, you know, shoot a deer this age or have a deer picked out or, you know, how you can do that. Like when you go into like a fishing season, do you have like goals like that? Or do you, is it more, do you like it because it's just so laid back that if you catch a six pounder, awesome. If not, no big deal. Like how do you approach that? So I definitely usually have goals. I mean, I normally always set some sort of a goal, whether it's pound or, you know, how many bass or even how many days I want to be able to get out okay. on my schedule. But like, it's definitely a little different because you don't, it's not like you have camera footage, you know, True. You, you don't know what's in the water below yeah. you. So it's all a guessing game on what's under the water and, you know, where you, and then also where you're going to be fishing. Like where I grew up on that private fishing, like you could pull 18 inch bass out of the water every other cast. Gotcha. So it, that was very different. And now I, that spoiled me. So I go to all these lakes that are supposedly good fishing lakes and you sit there and throw 10 lines and don't reel in a fish. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> well, I've been bamboozled. <laughs> so I've heard that people say every lake has big bass in it. It's just trying to find them. So if you like, are you like, do you go back to lakes and try to find the big fish or do you kind of like, oh, I had a rough day there. I'm going to kind of not go back this summer or like, how do you approach that? Cause like, I look at it like every big chunk of public land in Michigan should hold a, you know, a shooter buck yeah. or whatever that may be for you. You just got to go try to find it. And that's, I've heard people kind of relate that fishing and fishing for bass and deer hunting are kind of similar. Yeah. So like, I guess, how do you attack that? Are you like, I'm going to dissect this lake and figure it out and find them? Or how do you, how do you do that? So a lot of times we'll go back, especially cause I mean, with fishing, you could be using the wrong color for the day. Mm. I mean, you could be using the wrong lure. There's a lot of different things you can change up. Okay. Um, different styles. You could throw some drop shots, which are more deep water. You know, if you were fishing the bank and there, there's just a, so many different things you can change on a lake and how you fish it to change the type of fish. And, you know, um, number or size that you're going for, you know, and if you're looking for number, a lot of time you can sit there and flip the bank and pull 12 inches out all day. Gotcha. But if you want the big guys, a lot of times they're down deeper in water. Okay. Too, so. Really? So the, the, the allure for you, not no pun intended with that, but you like the diversity or like you can have every day you can try something different. It's like kind of like that tweaking with it and like, okay, I can try to find that, see it work. That's a, the, the fun part of it for you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's always something you can change. I mean, when we get skunked at it, like the first thing we do is try to go back. Okay. Because we want to try to prove that, you know, they, they, we're not going to get skunked again, you know. I, I went ice fishing as a kid, got skunked hard, and I hate ice fishing to this day. So, <laughs> like, that that was my, the worst experience of my life, ice fishing with grandpas and uncles and trying to do it by myself. I said, piss on this. I'm never doing this again. And I don't think I've ice fished since I was a little kid. I was so put off by it and part of the reason is i like i love to rabbit hunt in the winter so like i do oh, yeah. that but you know going for so like for me i like fishing even though i don't do it very often like i'm hoping to do it more as my son's getting older and have a little more free time like you said i the the lure for me for fishing is i don't have to do anything i can just literally go to a lake with a boat or whatever and just fish and like if i want to rock a sink all day and catch one fish cool i'm having fun enjoying it so i like yeah. i really like that aspect of it and like my there's thing no is on pressure the, on the water too like work and try to call you in but what are they gonna do you're out on a boat yeah like, true. You, ain't, you ain't picking up that shit <laughs> so, yeah true yeah and like there's no uh there, i don't care because i'm not like i'm so inexperienced with fishing that i'm just having a good time like yeah. and that uh but for you i was like kind of curious because you've done it so much more there's maybe a little bit more like I should be catching these fish. Where are they? So I was just, you know, that's kind of cool to hear you saying, Hey, like if I have a terrible day, 
you're like itching to get back out there to kind of like redeem yourself or do that. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's frustrating, especially when, you know, you have every combo you set up for your reel and rod or you're spending over $500 on because yeah. you want the nicer equipment yep. and then you go out there and you don't catch a single fish. And it's like, what's the point of buying the nicer equipment <laughs> to not catch <laughs> a fish? Thing. I can do the same thing with my ugly stick from Walmart, you know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. What is it like golf? You can buy the most expensive clothes, but you still slice it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Kind of a thing. Oh man, that's great. So, what, as of now, like, what's like, do you do a lot of is like bass fishing kind of where you've kind of like settled now in your so, in your adult life? Yeah, largemouth is definitely what my brother and I tend to go after the most. Um, we love to river fish and stuff, but there's not that many around here as far as like the pure Marquette, you know, going yeah. after rainbows and browns. Um, but recently in the past couple of years, we've tried to transition into some smallmouth fishing too. Okay. Went up and fished the Grand Traverse Bay and uh, Lake St. Clair and stuff. Okay. And, that's a whole different game, dude. It felt made us feel like we had no idea we were doing bass fishing. Okay. It's you go from trying to fish the banks to they're all on the rocks on the mm-hmm. bottom and it's completely different lure setups, everything's different. And I mean, we were lucky to catch one or two smallies each time we went out, dude. We'd spend, we'd almost kill ourselves going across the Grand Traverse Bay oh in a gosh. 17 foot boat just to catch two fish. <laughs> it's totally worth it, I swear. My buddy Tyler, who was on the Rabbit Hunt podcast, he. I don't know where he goes, somewhere up north. He they got a little vacation spot, but he's been like dedicated to catch some smallmouth. So like he's been taking he's just got a kayak, which he fishes a lot off his kayak and catches, you know, bass down around this area. Yeah. Dude, he said the same thing. He's like, dude, these smallmouth are kicking my butt. Like yeah. I cannot catch them. And then I think he went on a boat one time with another buddy. And the dude was just slaying them right next to him. He's like, I don't get it. Like, what's going on? You know? And that's kind of how, I mean, I'm sure that's how I would feel if I would go hop on a boat with you and a, like a bass boat. I think I literally have only fished on a bass boat maybe two or three times. Okay. So, like, I would, you know, and I think the one time we went to a little lake around here and I felt like invincible on that thing because it had a nice trolling motor oh, yeah. and I was in the front steering it. And like, like you said, we weren't trying for the big fish. We were just catching fish. So, you yep. know, we pulled every 12 inch bass out of that lake. It felt like those couple nights, but yeah. So, I mean that, you know, hearing this story, like it kind of get me kind of like fired up, like, man, this would be kind of fun to go do. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to do, hopefully doing that. And, but there's just so much it's, it's, I wonder if it's like almost like the feeling that people who want to get into bow hunting or deer hunting for the first time, how they may feel like a little overwhelmed. Oh yeah. Like hearing you guys, like I have other friends that are big into fishing. I'm like, you have how many poles? Like, dude, I've had this ugly stick for like 10 years. Like, and I have a tackle box. Like, like when I don't want to use that, I cut it and then put a new lure on there. And they're like, no dude, I got like five poles and have all this stuff. And you know, you go to Cabela's or somewhere and I'm like, dude, I have nowhere to, no idea where to start. So how, how much does like so like for me i kind of have the mindset like i'm not i'm not cheap when it comes to like my my gear but i also don't like overspending for stuff so i try to always be like i'll have some stuff that i feel like it doesn't help me if i buy the most expensive thing yeah like it who cares like i don't need the best camo like camo's camo but there's like maybe a base layer i'll spend money on or my like climbing sticks i spend some money and then like i lean pretty heavy on my bow like i'll spend a lot of money on my bow so i kind of like pick and choose what i spend money on like I mean, I've had the same pair of pants for quite a while. Like, I just rock some brush pants. You know, like, there's just certain things like oh, that yeah. that I do. So, like, fishing, where do you think, like, obviously, like, you're, like, well, we won't even go down the whole boat rabbit hole. Like, holy moly. Yeah, you can spend some serious money on the fishing on boat. boat. So, like, if you were, like, okay, I want to get into this fishing a little more, 
I'm asking this selfishly because I have literally only have an ugly stick, like in a small ugly stick. What would you say, like, hey, you know, two pulls, three pulls, like what? Where would you spend your money? I guess you know it really all depends on what you want to do and where you're gonna fish. Because like we have different poles set up for a lot of different things. We have our bait casters set up for you know um, flipping cross and stuff like that. We also have spinners that we use for more for you know longer casting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then you also we also have bait casters just set up for frogging because you have to have a heavier poundage line on it because they're coming up out of the water in those lily pads and taking oh, it. Oh, gotcha. So they'll snap those right off, and you know then you have your lines that you're running with six pound test for you know your more accurate casting and stuff like that. Oh, so you're telling me this type of line you have on your pole determines how you cast it doesn't necessarily determine it but, but it can assist yeah really yeah that dude just blew my mind i've never even heard that like and i'm like, just, <laughs> that's that's cool i never thought about that and like the thing is like if you're gonna run braid then you have to tie all your knots different because braid will try to untie oh so my standard you know loop was seven times around back through itself it doesn't work for everything no, it's a little oh, okay. different it okay. might come untied on you so what i'm saying is before i spend all this money i just need to make sure you show me i'm just gonna take it long probably so it's gonna so would you what would you say like two poles three poles would you spend a little more money on so like for me let's just say like you want to do the occasional bluegill fishing and bass fishing because that's i feel like a lot of people in michigan do those two things largemouth bluegill to me i don't think you have to get too crazy i mean you don't need the the craziest rod for that but like if i wanted to say hey i'm going to a lake with my family so me henry and the wife yeah um you know he can have his little pool but like i want to have Oh hey, we're bluegill fishing here, but I kind of want to bass fish over here. Right? Like, what kind of a excuse me? What kind of a setup would I want for that? So I'd say like base. Usually, I, we would run like four to five poles on the boat a piece, okay. um, just to be able to have multiple lures on it, so you're not having to retie and stuff. And we don't run swivels because swivels affect your action of your lure. Okay. So everything we do, we have to retie. So we usually have at least two rods that are pretty much the same setup, but different lures on them just so you can switch back and forth. Cause like I said, you can change color. You can change the actual yeah. lure itself. There's so many things that can go into fishing. Yep. Um, and then we usually have one set up with a steel wire on it for, you know, pike and things like that yeah. too. So there's, so how much can, money would I be into those like five rods? Like, I don't need to spend, like you said, 500, but like what would be like a good base? Like, we talking like a hundred dollars or a setup or like what's a good like a good bang for your buck i guess like okay i'm spending this extra money like you know like i like to buy a brand new bow but i don't need a brand new right. bow every year so like where is that like kind of sweet spot so the think? thing is with fishing it's kind of hard because like once you spend the money it's spent. <laughs> yes true <laughs> But I mean, honestly, as hard as it, like you can go into like Cabela's and buy a decent bait caster. They're the more expensive ones because the thing is with bait casters, the more you spend, the more ball bearings and stuff you're going to okay. have and the smoother it's going to cast, the smoother it's going to reel. So it's so, a very good, like, in, you know, price does reflect quality. A hundred percent of bait casters. Okay. Um, so usually we spend anywhere from two to 300 on a bait caster. Okay. Um, you can get it. Like if you were just starting out kind of thing, trying to get into it more, I'd say like 150, you could spend okay. on a bait caster and get a decent one. But the thing is also the cheaper you spend, the worse they are as far as you're going to get more backlash in your reel mm. and you're going to have more anger issues because all of a sudden you're going to have a huge bird's Ugh. nest in front of you. I tried that one time. My grandpa or uncle had one and I was like, it was like on a private, we had some ponds I fished as a kid that were like greenhouses. Yeah. 
and he he would had this, and I was like, oh, let me try that. He's like, you 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 get it not, you gotta take it out. I cast one time, spooled that thing, rat nested. I didn't fish the rest of the night because I sat there and tried to undo it. So I've never really tried again. But you know, maybe in my adult life, I would be able to handle handle a little better. I mean, like but, I've been fishing with bait casters for years now, and I mean, back in my childhood, it was all spinning reels. Yeah, but recently a lot of bait casting and more accuracy and stuff like that but i tried to take my buddy up to uh mullet lake and he bought a bait caster well he bought one of the meyer specials for oh, you know yeah. 7500 bucks yep and i bird nested that oh, thing gosh. so bad <laughs> because i mean it like mine dude it hits the water and it stops your reel for you okay yeah, so, <laughs> so it doesn't backlash yep. i casted his i had my thumb on the spool next thing you know i looked down my thumb was off to oh, the gosh, side yep. and there was muscle a bird's memory. nest muscle memory coming in fact oh gosh cool so yeah that's something that i would i'm going to definitely think about because i you know if we do get a boat or something we're kind of been in the market for like looking for like a boat and like selfishly i'm trying to like find a boat that i can go duck hunting on or you know trying to do that but like dude it's like such an investment it's like okay i gotta remember that i literally have no fishing equipment so i gotta kind of take that into an account so it's like okay maybe we find a little boat that's a little more like just fishing related and you know, outfit myself and Ashley and do that. Like you start adding this stuff up. It's like, man, like my hunting collection and guns and like stuff. I've been doing that since I was a kid. Like now all of a sudden I'm going to try to jump into this fishing game. It's like, man, it's a lot to undertake, but I get, I like that. You said like the quality is there for stuff yeah. because like in the hunting industry, the quality isn't always there. No, like I've spent money on stuff and literally blown it out. And like, a week or like two hunts it's like oh cool that was a hundred dollars gone or you know i buy something for you know 350 bucks and it's like this thing's a piece of crap like yep outdated right away you know so like it you know so it's nice to know some of those things but um so you so have you thought about doing fishing tournaments we've done some of like the small local largemouth bass tournament stuff like that it's just a matter of lining up schedules and yeah. actually setting aside the time to do get it. competitive in it. Because Tyler, his brother, his older brother Nate, who is going to probably hop on this on at some point this summer, he does do that in the, in the area. Okay. And wow, like he fishes some lakes I fished, and I'm like, you caught fish that big out of there? No way! And they don't even take first place. So I'm yeah. like, how is this? I don't understand. Like I fished that lake, and I didn't know fish that big existed in there. So, like, it seems like kind of a whole other animal when you start getting to that. And I wonder, like, do you think it would still be fun for you? Because you've always done this as strictly fun. Like, if you were to go jump into a league right now, would would it take fun away? Or do you think it would make it better? Or how do you feel like that would feel? Because you said it was like, this is like a stress yeah. release for you. This is, I have a crazy chaotic job as a nurse. Like, you see the worst of the worst of people. Like, you know, you work crazy hours or you got to work a swing shift or whatever. Or you're out of state working. And this is when you come home, you kind of just chill and do that. Do you think that would affect that? You know, honestly, that's a really good question because, like, for me, I used to love golfing like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I got competitive in it through high school and was top in the state for golfing. And then I hated it by the time I was done because any time I shot above par, I got so (laughs) mad, I'd throw clubs. (laughs) And now, you know, I took the step back and now it's just a fun thing for me again. And I love it. So, yeah. you know, I, it's very possible that it would cause me to not we'll like it. That. So you're, you're in a good spot right now. We don't need you throwing, you don't need to throw $500 pools in the water, right? No, no, that'd be a bad decision. <laughs> oh gosh. That's great. So, you know, you've done a lot of fishing in the state of Michigan. Yep. 
and we also have talked a little bit that you've done, you've been trapped, like you were just out, were you in Wyoming or where Washington. were you? Washington. Yeah. So what did you do for fishing out there? So we you fished, there for five months, you said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we did some river fishing there. Didn't catch too much. I didn't know the rivers, didn't know what to cast, but then went back to bass fishing, large mouth and went to Crater Lake out there, Okay. which is a, one of the deepest lakes in the United States. And it, How deep is it? I want to say it's over a thousand foot. It's That's pushing two thousand, I think, in some spots. And there's bass there. Yeah, I mean, it's all up against the banks. You're not casting yeah, that deep, but yeah, we flipped it. We were mostly flipping craws and throwing Gary Yamamoto's up against the bank, okay. and we pulled some like four to five up to six pounders out of there. Nice. Now, did you have a boat when you're out there? Or were you just fishing offshore? Or how'd you do that? We rented a pontoon boat. Oh, sick! Yeah. So you're fishing off pontoon boat. Nice. Yeah. So did you like? Because obviously you're not hunting in washington because you didn't live there long enough or like right. the opportunity wasn't there so you kind of like was that your outdoor t- activity yeah i was barely that... fish there I mean, okay other than that it was pretty much working working all the time yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of your still your fun so even even out of state i guess in a lake that's completely different to lakes around here you're saying you learned or was it similar techniques i guess that you caught big fish or like yeah, I mean, a lot of the things, like when you're fishing for largemouth, it's usually if you get down a good technique and you know what you're doing with them, you can go pretty much anywhere and fish okay. for largemouth. I mean, of course, there's small differences. You might need to change the color or something okay. like that. But, or, you know, you might normally cast into the wooded sh- shoreline or, you know, something like that. And now you're going, there weren't any lily pads there. That was different for me, you know. Oh, really? And, so there wasn't like that kind of a cover or, yeah, for that. Yeah, okay. right. So, you know, I was more so trying to find different cover they would use, okay. you know, the deeper uh, seaweed and stuff like that. And I guess not seaweed, but, you know. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, grime on the bottom yeah, that was nasty, growing up. Pot, lake nastiness. <laughs> yeah, the stuff you don't want to swim in. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. So, like, yeah, so for me, like, you know. I've hunted in Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, and like hunting whitetails in those states, there are similarities, but like it is different. So like learning, so it's kind of cool. Like you can like bass fishing, once you kind of get that technique down, you can easily trans transfer it to other lakes, which I guess makes sense because there's lots of different lakes. And if every single lake had to be like this own technique, you would just see guys only fishing one lake every time, which I guess, you know, I guess as a kid, like I learned my lake pretty good. Like I knew, like all right, it is forty five minutes before dark. I need to go hop my bike, hit that dock, then hit this dock, then hit that dock, and I would usually catch some fish. Um, so I guess there are probably like nuances in each lake that you know where the bigger fish like to hang out, and that probably determines on like um, I don't know. Does it does it determine on the year, time of year for bass? Like, too? Like, are they as picky, I guess? like Time of year to an extent, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's a point where they start to move up into the shallows from the deep and stuff like that once um, the water the starts to warm up and stuff like that. A lot of it has to do with the temperature of the water for okay. the fish. I mean, whether they're going to be in the shallow. Because if it's too hot out, they go back to the deep okay. because they're getting too warm in the shallow. So they will be, so they're harder to catch because they're deeper right. water? Okay. And then also, once they start bedding, they're all up in the shallows because their beds are in the shallows. Yeah, so like catching the bluegills back in the day doing that. Um, yep. And then bass will do that too, but you yep. can't. F- yeah, how's that work? Can you fish them when they're bedding mostly? Or like you're not kind of not really to. there, right? Yeah. yeah. I never. <laughs> I can't get in trouble because it's been so long. But I remember going to a lake when I was like, dude, I had to be 14, 15 maybe. And we were fishing and it was early in the year. And I was like, dude, that bass is giant. And I didn't know, but it was had a, it was on a bed like in this channel. And I remember throwing something out there like a worm or something and it wouldn't bite, wouldn't bite. 
and finally switched it out, caught it, and hooked this fish. It was giant. And I was like, oh, my God, it was probably like an 18-inch bass. I don't know. Because I never weighed fish. Like, I, like you oh, yeah. say six-pounder. I'm like, I don't know if that's how – like, I don't know what that is. And I reeled that fish, and I was so pumped. And this lady came out of her cottage or her house on the, and absolutely chastised me. And I was like, I literally had no idea. I mean, I'm just this, we're just like 14-year-old kids out there having a good time, yeah. you know. And chewed me a new one. And uh, I threatened to call the cops on me and all this stuff. You know, she was being protective, you know, of the lake, which I get. And here I am, the snotty-nosed kid out there doing something stupid. But, yeah, that enlightened me. I was like, oh, ne- never knew that. I just saw a big fish. I was like, I need to catch that thing. I had no idea. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I, there's so many little nuances that I never would have thought about with fishing. It's just like, you don't just go out there and just whip a lure and hope for the best. Like, there is a – Yeah, there's, there's a like, lot more that goes into yeah. it than people think. I mean, even, like, the motion under the water, you know, whether you're jerking it into shore to try to get more motion with a certain bait or, like, Gary Yamamoto's, you're just casting mm-hmm. out there, letting them sink to the bottom and then bottom them back mm-hmm. up and letting them sink again, you know. Every single lure has a different way you're supposed to fish with it. Yeah. And then there's also ways you can fish with them that's, you know, kind of off-label use. Yeah. You know? So how did you learn a lot of that stuff? Like, who, like, is this, like, pretty much self-taught with you and your brother? Or do you have, like, someone that kind of showed you some of the ropes? So a lot of it is self-taught. I mean, different kinds of fishing I've learned from different people. But, like, bass fishing, my brother and I just kind of learned it together on the lake. Um you know, some of his friends and stuff and my friends would come over to fish and show us different things with different lures over the years. But mm-hmm. a lot of it is just experience. Just yeah. get out there and do it. Yep. Which I think is kind of like, I had my mentors in the outdoor space, like with, you know, any kind of hunting or anything like that. But at the end of the day, I kind of had to like pave my own way. Like, yeah, this is like, and I, and I was able to do that at a young age. Like when you're young, you just go out there by volume. Like that's how oh, you yeah. do stuff, you know? So like, this whole like for me now as an adult with a family and you know busy schedule and all that stuff so i like try to allocate time so fishing's a thing that's like okay i literally on a whim could be like all right i'm gonna go hook up to the boat and go fishing on sunday morning or sunday afternoon or saturday at one o'clock like that's why i like small game hunting because you could literally go at 10 o'clock in the morning go anytime you don't your your prep work for that is just finding property, finding places to go, and then you just go and do it. Right. Fishing's kind of like that too, because you don't have to have like this. I granted, if you go out of state or you do a fishing trip, that's different. But like, you can kind of like, oh man, it looks like a nice night. I'm gonna go hop in the boat for you know two hours and go have a great. And you could literally have an awesome night fishing in like yeah, an hour, sure. right? Like, I mean, you could hammer them right away. And honestly, it all depends. Like, I mean, there's times you get on the river and you catch fish for an hour and you're pulling them in the boat every cast. Then all of a sudden it just dies off and there's no fish to be seen. Yeah, then you go home. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly that. No, I mean. one more cast. One more cast. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just did that. Okay, so my wife switched jobs recently. So she had like a little going away party. Um, she took a different a different uh, job, a uh, different location. And um. So they did like a little going away party this past weekend and, um, they live, uh, by a couple of little lakes or whatever. So they had some younger kids, like teenage boys and they're all like, they've been going fishing, you know, doing that stuff. And I was like, all right, I'll bring my pole and brought Henry and my wife down there. So why well, Ashley caught a couple of bluegills like right away, oh, yeah. which was cool. A couple of good size ones and it was fun. And they're all out there with their crankbaits trying to catch bass, you know? And I was like, I'm, you guys ever use a Sanko? And they're like, no. I was like, I'll show you how to do this. And there was like, this dock was perfect because there was like, it was right alongside a bunch of lily pads. Oh, yeah. So, like, I hooked this one. Like, he, he was probably 12 years old. I'm like, here you go. I hooked it up for him and did it. And like, I was wearing polarized glasses, which that's a big deal. Like, I never do that. And I was yes. like, this fishing thing's a lot more fun when you, I, dude, 
not to be sidetracked. Okay, so eBay was a like when eBay became this really cool thing to like bid on stuff and buy stuff. Right. We had this old desktop computer, like a two thousand one Mac or not Mac, but like Microsoft computer. I remember getting on that and finding sunglasses, and I found polarized sunglasses, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Dude, I need some of those because someone told me you can see in the water." And I bought them for like three bucks or whatever. It took probably like a month to get them in the mail, but I bought them. And I remember going out for the first time bluegill fishing with those. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can see everything. Awesome. Yeah. So, like, huge deal. Like, that's such a cool thing. But yeah, I bought my first pair of sunglasses. I mean, when you fish a lot, your sunglasses are part of your equipment. Yeah. Personally, I wear Costas every time I'm fishing. And, like, my brother wears the. Leupold. Okay. So nice. he, I mean, well, you can see a lot yeah. better. With it's this. so nice. So here I am, you know, I still have my, my, I wear nice sunglasses every day at work, being outside. They're polarized. And I'm trying to teach this kid how to do it, you know, and like, I'm not a good fisherman, as you can, as you can tell, like I've told you, I'm very inexperienced, but I've done things in the past that do work for me when I do go. And I'm like, all right, throw it right by the lily pads. And they're like, well, you, I was like, no, do you want, if you hook the lily pad, just pull it. The hook's not, you know, out. Yeah. So he's doing it, and I'm like, you got to let it sink a little bit. And I can see the lure playing his day. And this bass comes up to it and is about to hit it, and he, like, reels it in too quick. I'm like, dude, you had one, like, right there. He's like, no, you're lying. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. So he did it a couple more times, and it wouldn't come back. So, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, there's a bass in these lily pads. And I was like, my wife's catching these bluegill. I haven't caught nothing. I'm going to try now. I said one more cast like seven times, but the seventh time I caught that freaking bass and I was like, yes, it was probably like a 13 inch bass, oh, yeah. you know, nothing crazy, but threw it right in there. So I was like, and all those kids are like, no way. I'm like, dude, you can do that. So I guess that's kind of like those little things. Like they're going out there. Like they live right by this lake. They're fishing all the time in five years or four, three years, maybe heck by the end of this summer, they'll learn so much that them kids are going to understand how to fish. Like they just do it strictly by volume. Right. Which is cool. Like they literally go out there with a cheap pole and they're having good, clean fun catching fish. And now they're like, they think they, they're like, dude, he caught it right out of the lily pads. Like, how did he do that? You know what I mean? I was like, yep. And here I am. Don't know nothing. Teaching those kids the one little thing. So, but yeah, that's why I like fishing. Like that's always been my, and like I didn't fish like at all last year. So like, it's not one of those things. There's not like this huge pressure on me. Like if I didn't hunt for a whole year, I'd be depressed, dude. Right. I would literally be like, I'd be like walking in circles, hitting my head against the wall. So fishing's kind of that thing for me. Like kind of like have to make time for it, but don't really need to make time. Fair enough. So, but I will really want to get into it more and talking to people like you, I'm like, okay, there's like this other layer to it that yeah. like if I get to that point, it's like, oh gosh, it could be dangerous. I mean, there dude, goes more money. Like, you know? <laughs> like I literally have like storage totes in my garage filled with the rubber lures and each one is categorized by the, like the cross, the Gary Yamamoto's. Yep. I mean, I have thousands and thousands of dollars of lures, <laughs> but like, but also like, that's an investment. How long can like one of those nice high quality reels last you? I mean, honestly, like I bought all of my reels that I have right now, roughly when I graduated college. So they're okay. all about four years old and they still are perfectly fine. So yeah, like that's the same kind of thing. Like you buy like a nice gun. Yeah. Literally have that thing for your entire life. Exactly. And the so, thing like, is take care of it too. Like, yeah, I mean, do your maintenance. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you grease your bearings type thing. But also, I mean, the newer ones, so you don't even have to grease them anymore. They're built in. What? Which is really he already nice. does it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're just cheesing over here. Like, you're like, dude, this is so cool. But, oh, I mean, and like we put, you know, the pull uh, sleeves on all of our poles and stuff when we yep. transport them because you can break the eyes off super mm-hmm. easy. And like, 
when you snag things <laughs> as tempting as it is to rip it as hard as you can you yeah. can break your top eye off and you're like nope we gotta yeah, be yeah, done we that do and we also we call them we call it a stubby because we broke one off <laughs> <laughs> we had to put one of the fake like aftermarket eye on the top to, well, to the top is like way too thick now so it has no action you're at like all, this dude. sucks man all because i wasn't patient <laughs> oh man and like, so, I mean, the thing is, too, with fishing, you have your hard plastic, soft plastics. There's so many different lures. There's so yeah. many. And, like, you could run daredevils. What a pike. rabbit hole. I mean, like, what a rabbit hole oh, yeah. that you get down into with And, that. like, the plastic, some of them are $15, $20 a piece yeah. for hard plastics. And, like, my thing is you lose that on the bottom of the water, you're going to be pretty sad. Yeah, true. True, yeah. I mean, it's a whole – yeah, it's like our arrows now. You, like – I've bought a couple different sets of arrows, and it's like, man, that arrow is not cheap anymore. Yeah. And – you know, you, you shoot your arrows and it's like, I used to be as a kid, you'd buy aluminum arrows or like carb, cheap carbon arrows. I would, every rabbit in the yard, every oh, blackbird, yeah. I would just launch arrows. Now it's like, you know, I think I'll just shoot the 22 because like, I don't need to waste the arrow on that because they're expensive. So like, I get it. Like that's that level you can get to, which is, which is fun and like good. And there's a lot worse things you can spend your money on than oh, yeah. fishing equipment. And you're having good fun with your brother making memories. And I mean, we mostly use soft plastics. Okay. Are, that's your thing. Oh, yeah. A lot cheaper usually. I mean, okay. you can get a bag of soft block plastics for like seven to 10. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, but when you have hundreds of bags of every different color and <laughs> you don't need to count them <laughs> uh last year there was a christmas sale and i ordered like 300 bags oh of dude one kind of rubber lure oh my gosh you might All have different a problem. colors and stuff you might have a problem like there's like peanut butter and jelly it's like <laughs> oh man oh that's great so okay one thing i did want to know what is like okay you said like five or six pound bass but like what if you go fishing and like you catch how how long because i always did by length so like are you ecstatic if you catch like a five pound bass or like a 20 inch bass like what would be like a really good day so like i mean the biggest i've caught is upwards of 26 inches okay and it was just under and my brother i want to say reeled in a 24 and three quarter last year okay and so we've caught some pretty big ones um around here if you catch anything in the 10 pound range you're talking a very large fish okay so how long how like what would that be that's in the 20s yeah that's in the okay, 20s for gotcha. sure i mean it obviously depends on how thick they are too yeah but... like time of year probably yep. and all that stuff comes that's the thing with weight like people like that's what you do like you win a tournament or you win whatever it's by the weight i'm like dude i never weighed a fish i caught like yeah. it was always like okay i knew from fingertip to that part of my elbow was 18 and three quarters of an inch so like <laughs> If it barely cleared that, I was like, 20-inch bass. You know, right? like, that was the typical fishing thing. So, like, I don't know what what would be, like, as a 20-pound bass, like, is that around, like, four pounds? Like, what's an average, I guess? Um, I mean, I guess for 20-inch, a lot of the times they're four to five. Okay. Yeah. So, when someone says, hey, I caught a couple of five-pounders, you're, like, knock on the door, 20 inches or in the 20-inch oh, yeah. range. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. I mean, they look giant. Like, when my buddy's, like, holding up on Facebook, you see what they did for their night or whatever. I'm oh, like, yeah. dude, that thing's a monster. Like, I mean, a crazy. lot of them you're pulling out of the water are two to three, you know, and then those 12 inches, a lot of times you're lucky to break a pound. Break a pound. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, the one I caught and the kids thought I was a hero was probably that one pounder. <laughs> yeah, I pulled. But my little ugly step, that one pounder fought pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you've done all this fishing, you know, in, you know, Michigan. You've done that. You've been out to Washington, did a little fishing out there, had success. But also, you do a lot of fish in the ocean. 
Yeah, I've done a lot of fishing down by Florida. We've done different fishing charters on cruises and stuff in St. Thomas. Um, out there, we were catching barracudas. I mean, we've caught, we've gone fi- shark fishing, hooked yeah. on to up to twelve foot bull sharks. You know, oh dang, that's that one. That so the biggest bull shark on I purpose. Hooked, yeah, I mean, we had one. So uh, we had a bull shark come in. It was chasing the school of fish up into the bank, and it practically beached itself right in front of our house there, mm-hmm. and beached itself. Well, I had a fish I had just caught, so I figured why not and tossed it in front of him. He hooked into it. It happened to be on my deep sea fishing rod, which is the right setup for a six foot black tip. Okay. I mean, so you were double the size. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no, realistically, if I would have landed that thing, it would have been a pretty Jesus moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, and it, dude, it, literally, it just sounded Wee! the entire time I'm looking at the pole, just watching my line go away. And I mean, that's multiple hundred pound tests. So just it's ripping. Expensive line. Wow. You're just watching it disappear, and it's like, well, what do I do at this point? Yeah. And, not thinking i tried to grab the line to slow it and it burnt straight through my hand really <laughs> slice my hand right up the middle that makes sense i'm like Friction, well baby <laughs> get my leather glove from now on yeah so i have a bull shark story uh my buddy he was down somewhere in florida fishing at night and he actually landed a six foot bull shark okay and you know we're back at home. We know he's out there in the winter time or whatever it is. You know, typically people in Michigan go down there in the winter. Um, text message comes through and you see him holding the shark or not really holding the shark, but like there he is sharks on the, you know, pier or whatever. And he's got like a hand on the tail. You see that. And then he like had a little caption. The next picture is him with his leg gashed bad oh. getting stitches. Dude, that bull shark, I would say like six, six foot bull shark probably. Like I am, I hate the ocean. Okay. Yeah. I can go to the most beautiful beach, multiple locations I want within 45 minutes of my house. So like if I'm going to go sit by a beach and burn time, I can go out there, beautiful sand, beautiful. It looks like an ocean. I cannot see across it. That's my thing. So like for me going down to Florida, seeing the ocean, nope, I'm good because there's sharks in there. They're going to bite me like I'm not scared to walk in the dark. I'm not scared to be outside. I'm not scared of these things. But for some reason, sharks always freak me out. Like yeah. probably because of Jaws as a little kid oh, watching yeah. that, you know. But that thing he said he was he said he wasn't being reckless. Was trying to get, just get a picture with it, and that bugger mm-hmm. rolled on itself all the way and chomped his leg around his knee twice. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's definitely you have to be careful. We would. So land. I can't imagine a twelve foot shark. Like, jeez, oh, yeah. dude. I've landed up to eight foot ish. Okay. I mean, the four to six is mostly where you're actually going to land it. Yeah. And up to eight is pretty landable. But once you get past that, unless you're chasing it through the water on a boat, you're not bringing yeah, it into a pier type thing. Okay. So when you're catching bluegills or, sorry, bluegill salmon or steelhead or bass, like when you hook into that fish and you're reeling in, like, does that equate to like buck fever or like shooting something? Or is a shark more closer to that feeling? So I'd say with fishing, it's more so the moment that you can actually see the fish surfacing. Okay. Because, like, the thing is, you never know how big it is under the water. You could be reeling in a bluegill yep. and you think you have a 20-pounder, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden it surfaces and you're very disappointed. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it also all depends on the fight, you know? Like, okay. you'll have some bass that'll dive down deep and you know they'll jump out of the water and stuff and you know some they'll come in like a wet noodle so So that is like 
that would be like the adrenaline rush is when you see that like yeah. that's the fun for me it's the hard fight the hard yeah. fighting fish and you know when you get that moment where it flashes on the top of the water and it's like okay like yeah, i'm yeah. actually gonna catch it it's not just gonna spit my hook out and yep. disappear so now like the shark like catching a shark does that up that ante a little bit Oh yeah, because like to me, it's like, dude, that thing could kill you. Like, it's got teeth, it's got all this stuff. So, like, I feel like there's a little because you're like going like when you you've told me in the in the past, like you actually are like you're trying to catch shark. Yeah, like, when you're out there, you're doing like you're going. So it's like a new dynamic. I feel like yeah, we would go out and actually catch. Well, net. Sorry about this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, my intro is playing. <laughs> All right, see if that stops. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Technical difficulties in my new podcast adventure. So, yeah, you're going after sharks. Yeah, so we would go out and net mullets, which are like they only – they're bottom feeders. And, okay. And uh, shark love them. So we'd take one of those, and you cut them in half, and you take a giant hook and hook it through on one of our deep-sea fishing rods okay. and cast it out as far as you can. And so then shark hits it. Are you like – do you get that feeling like adrenaline rush right away? Yeah, I mean, with a shark, like, dude, I got a shark on. Like, it's that bite. I mean, and like, I mean, it can be the same with bass, especially if you're f- top water fishing. You yes. see an entire bass erupt out oh, of the water. Gosh, I love like, that as a kid. So yeah. it all depends, but yeah, with a shark especially because you're a lot of the times you're not even near the rod. I mean, you're you know down the dock or whatever, and also mm. you just hear the line running out from across <laughs> the dock, and it's like fish on. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, that's cool. And those ones, they when you cast out deep sea fishing rod, you set it to free spool, so like that thing it takes. Off, gone and then when you get over there you flip and set the hook then so that way you okay. don't have to be there gotcha so you can kind of have multiple you have like multiple rounds oh, yeah. i want to do that gotcha yeah because i've been down to florida and you see the guys like have all their stuff on the beach yeah some similar you know you're out in a little different area but same concept yeah actually that's exactly how we fished the grand river as a kid you'd you have all the pole holders along the pier or along the dock and the um the seawall and yeah. just throw a nightcrawler out there and then you'd watch them and then you'd run up to them and cut. Yeah. That's so similar concept. I, oh, I assume for that. And I mean, for us, like we were really lucky cause the house we fished at is sat on the intercoastal waterway, but the channel right next to it went out to the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So anytime the tide changed, all the food came in and out of that channel. Really? So the sharks would sit there and swarm and feed. So this is a good hot spot for that. Oh, yeah. It was the pinch point for sharks. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, and oddly enough, like one of the hardest fighting things you can catch, though, in my opinion, are a giant stingray. Like we've oh. caught like five, six foot across stingrays. And the thing about those is they suction cup themselves to the bottom. Mm. So trying to get them up off the bottom is hard. I actually had a, one of my deep sea fishing rods, which is, you know, it's made for sharks and stuff. Yeah. And I had a five and a half six foot manta ray on and i pulled him up to this i got him to surface right at the edge of the dock and as soon as we saw his face drop up he dove as hard as he could and snapped that deep sea fishing rod in half just yeah because i mean think yeah the way they're designed like they have a lot of force yep moving water so so like do you target those or is that more of like you happen to catch one it's usually more an accidental okay yeah, i mean gotcha. and that's always fun what do you, you do up. with that like when you like if you do land one like this giant thing like is it do you just cut the line and say see you buddy i mean like, we got pretty used that? to them so like okay. we would usually jump down because our the dock went straight to the house so we jumped the railing mm. down to the beach pull it up to the beach get it up shallow enough where we could get a shoe or something and hold the barb down okay. and then once the barb's down and you, you have can, control of the barb the other person can hook the fit gotcha the fish. okay yeah because yeah especially like my buddy like when he caught that shark you know like i like people had fished there before and knew like he wasn't being reckless the next thing you know bam he's in the yeah. 
he's bleeding really bad, like messed up, like got to get multiple stitches and all that. It's like, okay, like I don't have to deal with that here. So like it's, you know, you've been going to Florida a lot, I mean, many years. So like you're well-versed in that stuff. Okay. So if you had to pick, because I know like your hunting's kind of been like on the back burner a little bit because of your your work schedule and being yeah. out of state. If you had to give up one, would you give up bow hunting or would you give up? So it's, it's kind of a loaded question because you can fish a lot more than you can bow hunt. Like it's easier to do. But right. if you had to pick one, what would you dedicate your time to? I mean, I would you be? Would you just like? Would you gun hunt one week a year? Be cool with it if you could fish all the time, or would you be okay with like? fishing one week a year and hunting all the time i mean if i had the time to be able to hunt all the time i would definitely choose that would be okay at this point in life it's just a lot easier to get out randomly in the middle of the day to go fishing than it is to get in a stand and put in all the time and you know as we've talked about we're not Mm -hmm. the type of people that just walk onto a stand and hope to shoot something you know we dedicate the hours beforehand and months beforehand yeah the prep and all that stuff yeah Yeah. i mean as you know we always did the huge food plots and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so it was a lot of work going into it because at a young age like that's when we first started hanging out or whatever like yeah you were like you're in, you're invested like you yeah. are you know like you grew up in the area like i think it's kind of like a generational thing like that's how we kind of learn how to go and you like really enjoy the process and it sounds like when you talk about fishing that's why you like fishing like you can learn a lake you can do this stuff like you have like there's like a lot of brain energy going on like all right we didn't do so good this time but i have all this stuff like you got a pre-plan and like you said you can do that like it's a much more condensed yeah. You can do that in one day opposed to the whitetail thing. You need like weeks or like days and hours right. invested. And I guess for me also, it's kind of that idea with hunting and fishing that no matter how good you get, you can go out and get skunked. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> no matter how much you've hunted, no matter how much you fished, you can go out and not see or catch a single yep. thing. Last year for me. I mean, I didn't get skunked, but I did not have the eye man. If you would have talked to me about right now, last year, I was like, dude, I have the best game plan to shoot two really nice bucks. Mm-hmm. Had them picked out, thought it was going to go. I passed a really good deer, but like yep. the ones I wanted didn't show up. I got my butt kicked by them, yeah. and that'll be a story for later. But like, yeah, like that's the that's the fun, and like you, fishing's so like to me like, okay, my dad does not like fishing at all. Like he thought he thinks it's the dumbest thing. All you do is go out there, whip a lure, catch a fish, big deal, <laughs> whoop de doo. You know that's kind of his mindset on it. Yeah. And you know I might you know I might have thought that kind of too like. You just go out there and get it. You can get any kind of a boat, whatever, stand on a dock, and you just whip a lure out there, whip a worm out there, and catch fish. Right. I never really looked at it like I'm trying to, like, how I do whitetails almost, or, like, I'm trying to target, like, the bigger fish. Like So I think if, like, once I get to that point, it could be dangerous for me. Like, (laughs) like, uh, Colt, like, I'm going with you. Let's do this. Like, I could see that. But, like, also, like, at the time of life, you do have to allocate time for certain things. And you know about, like you just said, if you had the freedom, you would choose the bow hunting like you have done in years past. But, like, you just know that this time of your life, that really isn't something you can feasibly do. Right. But you're still enjoying the outdoors and going fishing and doing those things and finding that peace and that, like, you know de-stressing or whatever you want however you want to loop that into like i love sitting in a tree and watching the sunrise you know or like watching the sunset like just being out there and you fishing is a really good outlet for that for you and i think that's really that's powerful like that's why we do it that's why we love being outside is for those small things so and i like talking to you about it because like yeah every time you go to florida you're like giving me updates i'm like dude no way like that's like you send me pictures and stuff and like I yeah. actually in Florida the one year hold a 31 inch redfish, which it was 
legally too big to keep because really the fish i had okay. to let that one go i couldn't even get a mountain or anything yeah i remember that yeah that was pretty cool yeah that one was a big fish dang and like you caught barracuda too you were saying oh, yeah. right yep. like, yeah like yeah barracuda that was in st thomas though okay that was but, st. Thomas. i mean we've caught snook we've caught all kinds of things out of um different groupers you know what a great vacation oh yeah like that was like me and ash talked about that we went on vacation to wyoming like our wyoming bear hunt that was like our vacation because like let's do something really cool and like really fun like adventurous like you've had the opportunity to do that with like the fishing avenue and like yeah. what a great time like you like every picture you sent me Cole, you usually have a pretty big smile on your face, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's fun. That's why we do it. So, but yeah, what uh, so like I guess moving forward, like yeah, you're in Michigan right now. Like, what's your like fall kind of looking like? Like, what do you kind of got going? I know you kind of talking about some possible options of being, you know, taking some gigs like out of states. You still want to do the traveling yeah. thing. Like, you're not gonna like settle down yet no, this year. We're not ready to settle down yet. We're probably looking at like Ohio area. Um, contracts are good there right now but you know with traveling there's you never know where you're gonna go until okay. you actually sign the contract so if you do go to ohio how long would you be there for uh anywhere from three to six months so would you try to bow hunt probably yeah because ohio okay I, mean, I also have one of my best friends like i was telling you lives in iowa now yeah so he's like dude if you're in ohio you have to make the drive over and we'll i'll take you out in iowa nice. so and he shoots some monsters out yeah there, so, so you do have some time. good washington was cool but it's not a being, deer hunting area. Yeah, being in the Midwest would be a little better. <laughs> yeah, for that. it's closer okay. to home. It's more real. Yeah, because you, know? yeah, uh, you do. Do you have a lease again this year? Are you going to yeah, keep that I mean, lease? We always have got? a lease. Yeah, yeah, we keep it. It's just, you know, it's hard. Like we were talking about, the neighbors shoot anything that walks. Yeah. So it's hard to do any quality deer management yeah. or anything like that. You do that. get some pictures of decent bucks, though, every year. I would oh, say, yeah. like, I would say, like, a above average, probably, like, yeah. for the area or whatever. But like you said, it's tough when everyone hunts around like that's just the michigan way like you have to figure that out and yeah maybe when you get a little more time in your hands you can kind of find properties and do that but like you're just not there quite yet right and like my thing is i want to buy property before i really invest into the qdm and stuff because at least it's going to end at some point yeah if i'm going to invest all my time into growing the deer Mm -hmm. i want it to be deer that i can hunt for the foreseeable future i know i'm going through that same thing because i got my first lease in illinois with somebody's like we talked about and uh, it's like a weird thing. It's like, okay, it's like a pretty cool property. You know, it's got egg on it. It's got these things like you like, it's like, okay, I, we've talked about food plots and doing these things. Like we have a lot of, it's like a really cool opportunity. You can do all this effort and literally not have it next year or you have it for two years. You just don't know. The farmer could be like, you know, I'm selling or that kind of thing. And so we've it's had like that. I mean, we had one have. that we grew the deer for f- four or five years, and then the farmer was like, "Eh, I don't want to lease it anymore." Yep, we're done. Yeah, and you so- had a really nice property that you got that you had for years, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, surprise! You're not hunting here anymore," and you're like yeah. scrambling. So yeah, it's like that. Have me and like, okay, this is for fun. Allocate time for it. You know, it's going to be kind of like a deer camp atmosphere for me with a couple buddies and my dad, and like doing that kind of stuff. But also, it's like at the end of the day, you got to like be smart about you still gotta be smart about your, your time. Yeah. And you know, you expect like, yeah, you, you have, you know, it's just you and your wife for now, but you're like really front loading your life. Like, okay, we're doing this traveling nursing thing. We're going to do this. Like, this is the time to do it. Make, you know, cause you're making really good money to doing yeah. that, but you're, it's, yeah, it's cool you're making good money, but it's definitely not easy. <laughs> no, I mean, we so, leave behind everything. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's a big friends. sacrifice, yeah. And I was pumped to hear you were in town. I was like, dude, get over here. Like, let's do this. Let's. We haven't seen each other in a while, and, you know, it's been really great. But, yeah, I think uh, 
I think it's going to be – hopefully, if you're in Ohio, it's a lot closer than freaking Washington. Heck yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, for us, like, doing that. And, it's uh, only a five-hour drive to where we'd be, so yeah, a lot not bad. nicer. What, yeah, how far was it, Washington? It took so, us – it was a 3,000-mile drive home because yeah. we went up – we did up to Yellowstone and Glacier. Because yep. that's Glacier, where we bear hunted, just south of Yellowstone. Okay. So, you were, like – well, that was, like, a 27-hour drive yeah. for us. So you it took us over 30 it. hours to get out there, yeah. and we drove straight there pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, you've yeah you've had uh, you've had quite the the year I guess, and moving forward, who knows what has in store? But yeah, one thing you've always done is fish, and like I was like, you know, for me wanting to do this Michigan Wild thing, I you know obviously whitetails and you know that kind of thing is something I'm like my jam or like something I know a lot about, but also like there's a lot of good opportunities for families to do things other than just whitetail hunting. Cause like the level of whitetail hunting, like we like to do, like you said, is a big investment. Yeah. And sometimes as the husband or as the, you know, the, with kids at home or, you know, the leader of the household, like the amount of time I would like to spend selfishly on whitetails is dramatically more than what I do end up doing. And you, you're making those decisions also because you're like, Hey, we're going to be out of state to work and do that. Like you and your wife have came up with that. So I'm kind of, as I've gotten a little older, it's like, okay, instead of like, like this year, I haven't done hardly any summer scouting. The last few years, I've done a lot of it. And I think back on it, it's like, okay, it's been a great time for me and my son to go out and, you know, walk around and do that. Like, um, and been good to be outside and like do the trail cameras and all that. But like, I don't really feel like I've got a good return on my investment of time. Fair. With that, like, it's a good memory because, like, I'm teaching my son how to do certain things and, like, look for certain things. But I'm like, as time has gone on, I'm like, okay, or I could be spending time outside with him and my wife. We're not, like, sweating our balls off, getting poison ivy, mosquitoes. We could be on a boat or we could be on a dock, like, fishing and just, yeah. like, doing that. So, like, I'm trying to, like, learn, like, where that happy medium is because now, okay, now let's say if every summer I find this giant buck and, like, get them all dialed in and like I'm successful the fall because of that. It'd be a different conversation, but like I just haven't had like a really good return on my investment for that. Trail cameras get smoked by ants and you know, theft or batteries are so expensive. So it's like, dude, I'm just wasting time. So like this year I've kind of like stepped back and I haven't fished a lot or done some other things, but I've done a lot of stuff around the house and like been able to do some more family stuff. And it's like, okay, like, I'm just going to kind of use this as like a test dummy for the fall. Yeah. Like, okay, if once Labor Day hits, I'm going to have all my trail cameras done by then. You know, I'm going to get some food plots in and see how the fall shakes out yeah. and do that. But then, and then next year, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I have a window from turkey season's done, end of May or whatever, June and July and August. Like, you know, other than food plots, like, let's go fishing. Like, yeah. let's do that. Let's have fun as a family and make those memories and enjoy that. And I, it's a lot better than sitting on the couch watching TV, you know, which I haven't done much of that. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, let's get right. out of the house and do that. Because otherwise, if you don't, like, make a, a – you, there's always something else that takes up your time. Oh, yeah. And then you look back, it's like, dude, I the summer went by again, and I didn't – I fished one time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, especially, though, you're talking about the hunting, though. I mean, in the summer, you can see something that gets you all excited, and come season, is gone anyways. Gone. Yeah. It's like, cool, that deer's giant and never seen him again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, no, don't get me wrong. There's lots of ice cream that gets eight and we look for velvet bucks. Like that's oh, just yeah. something you can do is fun for the family. But yeah, I want to, I want to make sure I'm allocating time correctly, but yeah, yeah. it's tough to beat that. 
like right now like i saw a pretty good buck a couple nights ago and i was like oh dang like got the old like i'm like who are you like what is that yeah, yeah. so i do like that but it's the months of preparation you know yeah mm-hmm. and that's the thing is you never know what you're gonna see when you're in the stand though yeah. so it's like you get all excited and put in all the hours mm-hmm. and see sometimes see scrub bucks the rest of the season yep and i use this analogy with like small game hunting like tyler my buddy loves it because Every time we go out, he gets like that adrenaline rush of, I call it rabbit fever. But like for me, I go the whole year and you know, I'm, even if I shoot doe, I do get jacked up for shooting does, but like nothing beats like that target buck or like a big mature buck with your bow. You get that, like that feeling of why we do it. And like, you go out 30 times and get kicked in the face 30 times. And maybe the 31st time you get that opportunity. When you go rabbit hunting, you get those little mini opportunities. Maybe to me, they're not as, uh, you know, severe as great, but they're still there. Like when I shoot a rabbit or see a rabbit or watch my dogs do, I get that little bit of elation that makes it worth it to me that, you know, that good memory. I feel like that if I look back to like all, I don't fish a lot. I haven't fished a lot, but I can remember some really good days of fishing because I had those little things. So it's like, and I think that's like a good thing to do. And it's like good to get people outside and it can lead to other things. And yeah, I'm gosh, dude, you're going to like the problem now is I'm going to be like, research and fishing poles <laughs> i feel like, with like deer hunting you, too, <laughs> you put in all the work all the hours don't get me wrong you enjoy every day you're in the stand mm-hmm. but you do it for that one day that you shoot Correct. the big buck we're fishing you put in all the work and all the hours if you're in the right lakes and you know what you're doing you're pulling fish every single repeated. time you go out yes so, you know like you said it's with the rabbit hunting it's repeated that little excitement it's not quite the same as when you shoot the monster buck mm-hmm. but i mean sometimes you pull in the biggest fish you ever caught and that i would say is pretty similar yeah. you know so I know we didn't really like forewarn any you about this, but like, dude, your health, like wowzers, like you've always been a big dude. Yeah. How much weight have you lost? I lost 120 pounds. That's incredible. Like, how tall are you? You're a big dude. Six four. Yeah. So like I'm six one, two fifty, yeah. and you have always been a big kid, active, all that. But like you walked out of the truck, and I was like. Where'd Colt go? Like, what is going on? So, like, what kind of led to that for you? I mean, honestly, for me, it was just, I, as you know, I had bad knees and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, football hurt my body, and I got sick of waking up every day hating my knees and yep. not being able to straighten my knee. And I've had mm-hmm. multiple knee surgeries and stuff. So, it's just, I got to the point where it was like, it's time for a change. And also, when it comes to fishing, hunting, and stuff like that, it's a yeah. lot easier to jump in a boat. It's a lot easier to climb the hill. You yeah. know, it just makes life a lot easier in general for me. Yeah. And like, how long, like, it, it happened quick, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it, I mean, I feel like, I feel like you lot, I mean, we went to the, we've like, we go, our typical thing we do is go to the rodeo and the Van Arena. Yeah. So we did that. And I know you lost a little bit of weight last time I seen you that, but then I saw you and I was like, whoa, like, impressive like it's motivating for me like i mean i've the construction worker all that stuff like i mean i don't know if i could lose 120 pounds but like seeing you like killing him like do you look great you said you feel awesome like that's pretty awesome i mean for me like yeah it basically right about a year okay i mean it's obviously slowed down towards the end you know i lost probably 80 to 90 pounds in the first like six to seven months and then just slowly tapered off and you feel great oh yeah nice so are you working out and stuff or what did you end up doing? Mostly just diet changing. And then my okay. thing, I've like, weirdly enough, I started drinking three liters of water a day. Oh, and okay. Cut out, like pretty much all other drinks. Pop and stuff. Yeah. 
Yep. So that was a big change for me. And then uh, being a nurse. I, I know because this is what anywhere. you, yeah, this is what you kind of, I remember that because you're like, dude, I went from being active all the time. Like nursing, you're active and stuff, yeah. but you're like, dude, this is weird for me because like I'm inside, like doing this, you're working crazy hours, like exactly. there's weird shifts, shifts and stuff. Like back in college, I was a big guy, but. I had a lot of muscle too because mm-hmm. I threw canoes for a living. So yep. I mean, I'd carry a canoe in construction my... stuff. Like you exactly. always were doing that around yep. the, around where you lived and stuff and too, like odd jobs. And... Exactly. So yeah. we carry canoes by ourselves above our head and throw them on the roof of a truck. And yeah. you know, a canoe is usually around around 75 pounds. So yep. by the time you power lift it above your head, put it on a truck and you do that a thousand times throughout the day. Yeah. You're in good shape. Yeah. And then also, like you said, I also worked at the um, river lodge where they do the guiding services through yep. and I did maintenance work and kind of construction work through them stuff and i did a lot of odds and ends and i was a handyman back then Mm -hmm. too around big star lake and you know so i was very busy and then once i became a nurse don't get me wrong we work we walk like anywhere from six to 11 miles on a shift depending on how busy you are yeah high stress like i think it's stressful and you're moving but you're not doing the muscle exactly yeah and you know you're still eating the same amount of food (laughs) so that muscle goes away and gets replaced by something else and it was like all right it was time to change there. Nice. I mean, my lifestyle, my lifestyle didn't change according to the lifestyle change that occurred gotcha. as far as, you know, going from working out and through my job all the time yep. to being more of a passive person yep. in, my, in, in my career, not working out, not, you know, <laughs> not doing the hand calluses forming yep. type work anymore. Soft hands. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, dude, I think it's like seeing you go through like like i said like when i first met you you're a big dude but it wasn't like you were like a like i don't want to mess with cole like yeah right. like i'm a big guy as well like yeah you don't mess with cole you're athletic you know you play a lot of football at a high level like doing those kind of things and then yeah you went through this change and like yeah you got a little soft like we'll just yeah. say like you know like if i stop doing what i am doing right now like i like my job because i can kind of eat like crap and still yep. stay like relatively in shape but yeah i get soft and it was kind of it's cool seeing you go through that and like I'm like, dang, dude, like, and I'm kind of like, you're busy. Like you said, jumping out of the boat, like you can keep doing that for a long time. And like, yeah, if you can, like, it's just one of those things, like, it's like a good example for how like you are as a person. Like once you're like motivated, like I'm going to attack this, you go full force. (laughs) Like hundred percent. And once I put my mind to something, I don't do it halfway. Slightly addictive personality maybe as well with that. (laughs) Maybe a Chad. (laughs) But no, that's cool, man. I it's, I'm pumped to that for you. And it's, it's cool seeing that. And yeah, I'm sure like the first tree you climb this year, the first buck, dude, that's another thing too. Cause like, you told me you shot a deer and you're like, dude, I'm dying dragging this thing out of oh, the yeah. woods. And I was like, what? And you're like, yeah, I'm in rough shape. I bet now you shoot and you're going to be like, this is no big deal. It'll be a lot, a lot easier, easier, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> for that. I mean, oddly enough, though, back in college, you're talking about my size back then. I was a, I don't even know if you, I bounced in college. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did not know I was know a that. bouncer okay. back then. So, nice. I mean. Yeah, you didn't mess with Cole. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so, But no, I think that's a, yeah, that's a cool story. Yeah, I hope selfishly like not selfishly but maybe selfishly for you i would love to see you freaking smoke a big buck out of state like that'd be kind of yeah, cool dude. like it's not like that's like the i'm working out of state doing this like this hustle like i just like let's just treat you're hustling like yeah that's why you got you and your wife are doing this you're just doing the front end load hustle before you have like a family and kids and stuff if that's something you end up doing but like if you can somehow manage to like do that 
and then shoot a big buck. Oh gosh, like dream, Dude, like you do yeah. that. <laughs> Leave behind everything and just go out there and kill. Yep. It'd be nice to kill the biggest buck of my life. Yep, go slay. Which that's saying something because you shot some nice bucks. So. Yeah. That'll be a story for another day. But, no, dude, I appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, I didn't want to just kind of touch on that at the end there because I think it's inspiring for, you know, we're men and we're, you know, leaders of the household or, you know, these kind of things and, like, life changes as we get a little older. Obviously, you're younger than me, but, like, we still got to take care of ourselves. And, like, you still – you can you you can use, like, the desire to, like – if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you have a passion for the outdoors. Like, with, may that be hunting, fishing, trapping, whatever that may be. So, like, you're kind of dedicated to that craft. Yeah. But, like, you can use that in other avenues of your life. Like, you've used that. I've used that in my job. Like, the way I attack my job, uh, my business, like, those kind of things is the same way, like, I try to shoot a big buck. Or, like, I try to get, like, permission to rabbit hunt or find these things and, like, have really good opportunities. Uh, And you can use that for your health. Like, that's the thing. Like, I... You know, when I went to Wyoming, I was like, wow, I thought I was in shape, but I'm not ready for this elevation. So, like, that kind of motivated me and my wife both. So, it's like, okay, now I just got to, like, remind myself that, like, okay, if I can be dedicated enough to hold out for shooting a top-tier buck in Michigan, which is, you know, you can insert any kind of high-pressure stay, blah, 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 hardest place to kill a deer, whatever you may think with that. It's like, okay, if I just took some of that energy and maybe applied that to my health or applied that to my finances or applied that to, you know, your spiritual walk or whatever you have with your family, like we can, we can do that. And I think it's important. Like you're, I'm sitting here across from you like, dude, like it's inspiring. Like I, if you did that, like I can do that. Like let's live good lives so we can keep doing that. So yeah, anyone that's, if you can, I feel like if you can dedicate life to that thing, I mean, do it for other things. And, like, now I'm like, okay, I'll you know, get a little bit towards the fishing aspects and see what happens. Yeah, so, but, but, no, I appreciate it, man. So. For sure. Yeah. Anytime, bud. Anything else you want to close on? I'm good. So I do have one more question. What's up? If you were, like, what was, like, your Mount Rushmore of, like, a fish to catch? Oh, I like mean. We're I'm... talking ocean, freshwater, whatever. What would that be? Like, if you're, like, I like you dream about catching something like for me, it'd be like shooting a 200 inch whitetail yeah. in Michigan would be like the craziest thing. But like, what would that be for you? Like in the fishing world? I mean, I guess for me, like it depends on what you're talking about. Like ocean fishing, like talking like something like a sailfish, something like okay. that. It's just different. I mean, I never went on those kind of charters. I never did that kind of fishing out there. I did a lot from onshore and like, um, shallow water fishing. Okay. Uh, we had a uh, shallow water fishing boat out there, so okay. we'd go into the like coves and stuff, and pull out of the snook and redfish and stuff like that. But we never got too far out. So we'd, catching like a like you see the the pictures, like a big yeah. old sailfish would be like your dream. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's for cool. sure. Cool. I, I mean. Hey, I mean, I see lots of cool videos of it, so it's got to be something. Right. So would you mount it over your fireplace? Heck yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Rock on. Well, hey, thank you, Cole. And uh, what a great episode. Like, flew by talking about some fish and stuff. And, yeah, anyone who hears this, like, yeah, get encouraged. Get out there. Go wet a line. I guess that's probably the good, right. the good thing. Just let rip some lips, right? <laughs> yes, Do that sir. kind of stuff. But, yeah, get outside, enjoy creation, and have a good one. Thanks, guys.